0: Hey, thanks for joining us on Above Board with Canderpath. I am here with the two best looking financial planners, at least in three square miles, Matt and John. How you guys doing? Good to see y'all.
1: Thanks for the radius. Hey the three rich square B. miles. What's Come up, on, buddy? Here.
0: I mean, I was just trying to be like funny, but actually you guys are the best looking financial planners, I think ever of all time. <laughs> Always. That's
2: going to be, that's our tagline on our, on our com. We're just here for
0: the looks. You might lose money, but we're good to look at. No, just <laughs> kidding. You will not lose money with them. So I, we have an interesting topic today. You know, oftentimes you hear people in day-to-day conversation say things like, you know, I've been putting out fires all day long, or you know, when they're talking about work or they're talking about at home, you know, you're a stay-at-home parent or with your family. I've been putting out these fires, I've been dealing with this. And it occurred to us that this whole concept of putting out fires, you know, it, it takes a lot of energy, it takes a lot of time. And really, what's a better use of your time or what's a better way to manage your time? Is it putting out fires? Or is it preventing fires, as Smokey the Bear used to always remind us, right? So when you think about that, we hear a lot of times people talk these days about resilience. Now, resilience is great, you know, and you could define resilience in a multitude of ways. One of the ways that people generally define resilience is being able to bounce back from something, from adversity or a challenge. Awesome. We all need to have that. That's a a big part of being a successful human being. I was listening to a podcast, uh, it was the School of Greatness podcast, and they had a guest on, uh, Dr. Amishi Jha, who's a professor at University of Miami, go Hurricanes, sorry, that's my hometown, and she was just a great guest. She's written a phenomenal book, and when she was talking, she said something sort of off the cuff, and somebody said to her, the 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 leader of the podcast said to her, um, you know, a resilience, you know, how, how important resilience is and she said i think rather than resilience we need to talk about presilience and he kind of laughed and she kind of laughed and she said what you know what comes before resilience here's that that idea that concept of being into fire prevention rather than firefighting being able to frame your life around preventing things from becoming challenges to the best of your ability there's always going to be challenges and certainly with you know with john and matt we talk about financial challenges and being able to bring financial disasters, and we're going to cover that, but also about life in general. So I love this whole idea of resilience, a made-up word, and we've actually Googled it and looked around.
2: I, yeah, I had, a, I had a rough time looking it up, Rich, because... <laughs> resilience is hard enough to spell let alone resilience, resilience.
1: well i i looked it up too enough. i have a good definition of it from another show that i think it, it accurately would you like me to would you like me to state it rich is that Wh- helpful? why yes I, why yes it, I it, helped me, it helped me it helped me wrap my wrap my head around it. i'm gonna i'm gonna paraphrase it a little bit but resilience is the attribute or process of successfully pre- preventing preparing responding and recovering from adverse interruptions or crises. So basically it's it's trying to find a way to bounce back better, like prepare for the thing. So resilience is all about just bouncing back and and responding to a catastrophic event or something bad happening to you. Resilience is preparing yourself, like come you know, whether it's mental fortitude or having a plan in place, like it's preparing for adversity. Is that right? Am I am I understanding that right, Rich?
0: I that's how I interpret it. And I, you know, when I think about it. It, 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 you know, people actually in our society right now, certainly in my, in my world of healthcare, people are starting to get, um, I don't know if, offend, well, gosh, our society gets offended with everything, but people are almost starting to get tired of being told to be resilient. People are almost starting to get a, a little bit of, you know, we talked about anxiety fatigue, right, right, guys? So I think there's a resilience fatigue you know there's only so many times you could tell somebody pick yourself up by your bootstraps and let's keep going you know and i think at some point people get a little bit tired of that and so i think to be able to have a discussion about how do we how do we live a life or how do we try at least make you know attempts at 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 doing things so that we're not at the point that we need to be resilient where we are kind of minimizing the need to bounce back because remember if you're bouncing back then something has happened to you. You've had a downfall. You've had a, a, a mistake. You've had a, a negative recurrence. So yeah, man, I, that's that's how I would understand. And I think the, the concept of this made up word of resilience, I think it's kind of a great way to sort of frame your life, your business, your relationships.
1: Yeah. I, I sort of see it as we're going to experience adversity. We're going to experience troubling times in life, you know, maybe a, um, catastrophes and excessive war, but we're going to experience stuff throughout the course of our lives. It's how do you prepare yourself for those? Like, we don't know what those things may even look like in our future, but we know that they're going to happen. And like, I'll parlay this back to financial planning with what Matt and I do. We, we talk with clients about all the, all the time about what, like what's looming around the corner an inflationary environment, the devaluation of the dollar, the market's going down. All these things that people are are worried about and resilience is do we have a plan in place to be able to respond to those things when they do happen? Because we don't know what it'll be, but we know something will happen. And I think you could bring that back more to a um, on a personal level with one's life. Like things will happen. Um, It's how are we going to deal with those things in real time? How are we going to mentally prepare ourselves for when something like that happens? That's sort of the way that I see it. But. Yeah. What were are going
2: to submit? I think that's a good, I think that was a good, good breakdown of it, John. I also look at it in, in worries to protect ourselves. So, you know, that the, when we said this, the quote that came to mind is protect your downside and let the upside take care of itself. And what's that essentially meaning? It's meaning not be negative and not only think of the worst things, but kind of keep some of those things in perspective. And then what can I do right now to make sure of the things that I can think through that might occur, what can I do to protect myself? And so again, Using our financial planning talk, uh, we talk a lot about not not the sexy stuff that John likes to talk about, which is the stocks and the bonds and the cryptocurrencies and all those things, but it's some of the very simplistic things of having a savings account, right? It's boring. It earns very little. It It's not exciting. But guess what is, and we, if you go back and listen to um, one of our earlier podcasts on how to lose money, one of the first things we discussed was, was if you're, if you're, having some adversity in life. And the first thing you do is reach for the credit card to try to fix that adversity. It's, it's not going to be in in your favor and it's going to hurt you financially. So, you know, something simplistic as having a savings account in my opinion helps to prevent what might be coming that we can't see yet. We're still preparing ourselves. Yeah.
1: So that's a really good point. So March of last year, March, 2020, the stock market dropped like 30% in three weeks. And we talked to a lot of clients during that time frame. obviously having like your portfolio allocated properly and all that stuff, but having a cash runway in the bank, like having that savings account built up allowed you to sleep a little bit easier at night. Cause you know, you weren't going to, if you're a retiree, you weren't going to have to necessarily touch your portfolio that experienced that volatility because you have enough of a runway. So you, you'd put those deposits in the bank. And I guess kind of bringing that back to like a personal level, like how do you put those personal deposits in your own, in your own bank? To be mentally prepared for when something happens like rich do you do like i mean like again we all deal with adversity we all have stuff going on but like you do stuff to take care to 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 focus on resilience you do stuff to take care of yourself and put your own like put deposits in your own bank right
0: yeah i think that you know for me being the age that i am and being in my mid-50s and you know we've already talked about having lost our dads at young ages and all that kind of stuff I know that I use resilience in, in the form of, you know, generally not perfectly, but in the form of like diet and fitness, and it's very important to me. And I've actually changed my workouts and I've changed my diet to be a resilience type of diet. So I eat things most of the time where I'm trying to maximize the nutrients that I'm getting, and I take supplements that will help maximize the nutrients that I'm getting and, and and taking care of myself, which has been evidence when I've had blood work done, and it's been really good. And also with my fitness, you know, some of it is the vanity workout stuff because I want to be muscular and I want to look healthy and all those kinds of things. But I started doing a lot of stuff with bands, like you know, uh, stretch bands and and different things to kind of strengthen shoulders and and to do different things and lower back strengthening because, you know, I have the neck and the back issues. And guys my age always end up with back and neck issues. And managing my weight. I think in general, you know, you guys know from a financial standpoint that it's very difficult to clean up a financial mess. That's a lot of work. If somebody has just been a total just mess with how they have dealt with their money to come in and have to clean that up is a nightmare, it's also a nightmare to have to clean up your health. You know, it, it, whenever I talk to people and somebody will come up to me, and go, well, you know, I'm the same age as you and I'm, you know, at this weight and it's too hard to work out. It's too hard. I, I, I can't do it. And it's too much. I get it because it's. I, look, when I'm in the gym and I see somebody who's a, a, maybe a very quote unquote out of shape person or somebody who's not very fit, I I w- have way more respect for them than I do for the perfectly buff person who's in there because I know how much it takes to do that. But my thought is like being living a life so that you get to the point where you prevent having diabetes. You prevent yourself yeah. from having the knee problems from carrying around so much weight. So I think there's a lot of this. So let's let's dive into some ways. So first of all, you guys just said resilience with financial management. It's pretty simple. I mean, I've learned so much from you guys, having savings, having an emergency fund, uh, managing your debt. The biggest thing was having a budget. Can I share something with you guys? Mm-hmm. So you know we hit a point in my own family where we had a month where things were really expensive and we were kind of overwhelmed and it and it forced us to kind of sit down and look at where we were and we had to have resilience because at this point we were in a problem and so then we started cleaning up that problem but then also putting some of the things in place that I had been putting in place learning from you guys but like we really did it and put it into place and significantly reduced our our bills significantly reduced what was going out significant. I mean, significantly and having that peace of mind, cause it's taken a couple of months to get there, having that peace of mind this month and knowing into next month where we're at, it, it has reduced my stress. So would you guys agree that certainly with finance, that having resilience or having the ability to kind of prevent the disasters also helps you psychologically and emotionally.
2: Yeah. And I like to take a little bit of credit for your cleaning (laughs) up the budget because your (laughs) wife texts me and asked what our food budget was for the month. And I was like, okay, I I shared with her the number. And then she said the reply back was like, you know, dot, dot, dot. And I'm waiting for the reply back. She says, no, I I need it for the month, not for the week. And I said, I said, Miss Dawn, that was for the month. Now, again, we're all doing different riches taking his supplements and eating filet mignon and no. so like that might lots of date nights but it was really funny when we had that because I she I wrote the number in the text and then I was like oh my god like I don't I'm, I was self-conscious for about five seconds because I'm like is that a, is that a lot that I that we're like doing our food and in, in, in grocery budget or is it not enough and I was and I just see the dot dot dots on the text that I, and then she's like no like really like, what is, what is your number? And I was like, more importantly, what is your number? Because it sounds like we are in two different lands and we live 10 houses down from each other. So so um, I like to take a little bit of credit for it, but I'd also like to bring out the point of, you know, again, a lot besides health and a lot of things that keep people up at night are the finances. And yes, by sitting down and by doing nothing more than just charting where the expenses are going really opens your eyes to say, where can we plug the holes in this bucket? Cause you can only control two variables. One is how much money you make. And that's a really tough one to control. Right. The easier one to control is how do I stop from spending or slow it down? And that's the one that you have the most control. Well, and
1: you could have a disruptive event. Like it could be economically driven by, you know, things that are happening in the world, or it could just be something happening personal in your life. And when you go through that, those periods of disruption, having these plans in place, like we talk to clients all the time about having a crisis budget crisis budget is simply being able to uh, obviously all the other things too, having your, you know, having enough money and savings and that stuff, but a crisis budget is knowing like when a crisis happens, you can on a dime ter- change your expenses and go down to bare bones. And you know, not only like it's, it's one thing to say in theory, like, well, what's your crisis budget look like? When and, and you'd say, well, we're not going to go on date nights this month, or we're not going to, but <clears throat> to have that plan in place pre-written. So at the moment you need to activate crisis budget mode, you can. That gives people a lot of peace of mind because then they know when a disruptive event happens in their life, all they got to do is flip a switch
2: and turn the crisis budget on. And John, you just are coming up on the anniversary of a crisis event that you that happened in your family. What was it? <laughs> Which, <laughs> one? Okay. Which one? Which one? Well, how you answer that? But um, you was know, it again. the Braves uh, losing last I, I, year in the
0: playoffs. No, that was a very. I think big it was your event. kitchen. Are we talking about the kitchen? Oh, oh yeah,
2: it was his kitchen. Yeah. And so we on our social media, we've been posting a lot of the videos from a year ago when John had a massive flood in his house thankfully i didn't leave that question to a finance ended for you john because <laughs> that was a crisis there might have been a lot of crises was going on but anyway you you had a crisis where unbeknownst to you you're home flooded and you needed to go into crisis yeah. mode and you needed to move out of your house with at the time was it a two-year-old and a yeah. four-year-old yeah. or i mean the kids were very young and uh talk about a crisis having to go through you couldn't plan for that but you and thank goodness insurance did kick in but it doesn't kick in day one it took months for you know everything to get cleaned up um you you just went through that how did you guys handle that and where did you show signs of am I going to say this correct pre yeah I'm glad I'm I'm actually
1: I'm glad you brought that up I didn't know what you were talking about at first but that was a very traumatic time (laughs) we were out of our house for about two months during that process but like anybody who's experienced that knows that feeling what I'm talking about like you walk out in the middle of the night and your entire house is flooded and if you have wood floors like we did or we had like like fake fake wood floors, like, um, uh, what is that called? Um, laminate. Right, and, right, uh, they were right. destroyed, destroyed, gone. I mean, water had water had made its way through everywhere in the house. It had gone up drywall. Um, and it had destroyed all the kitchen cabinets. And, uh, <clears throat> there's a few things that I lean on in that moment. The first was having really good insurance for our, our homeowners policy. Which I knew we did because we vetted that policy and we researched it and we knew things about it instead of just saying, like, what's the cheapest plan I can go with and and just picking because, you know, we all have to have uh, homeowners insurance if if we own a home. Um, But there's different ways you can approach it. You could just like shop it, find the cheapest one and go with it and not question anything or like what we did. We, you know, we actually had an insurance agent that we worked with that helped us and went through all of our questions and put us in the right spot. So, like, that was a big area of being of being in the, I mean, I have a friend who went through a similar experience. He went with like a major company and like he was fighting tooth and nail for everything. We didn't, we didn't have to fight because uh, we went with a good company that was A-rated. Another one was having funds in our savings account. Um, before we could get our check from the insurance company, we had to relocate because we have two small children. We had no kitchen. Like our house was truly, truly upside down. Uh, we had to relocate for that time frame, and having funds, uh, you know, access to funds to be able to do that and go into crisis budget mode that allowed us to react to the situation the best way we could react to instead of just freaking out and like pulling our hair out and, and, you know, arguing with each other about the circumstance and like we really were able to kind of take that situation for what it was and go straight into it. And I think it's because of resilience is, is the right word in that situation. One other thing is um, you know, and, and not everybody has this, but, we had a good relationship with a contractor and I can't tell you how important it was to know that person ahead of time, because most contractors even now today are three to six months out from jobs. And he, he bumped us ahead, um, because we were in a dire situation, whereas he was doing like remodels that were optional for people. And so he was very kind in that way. So I feel like there was a lot of situations that because of preparation for an event, we didn't know, we didn't know it was going to happen, but that's why you have insurance. That's why you have money and savings. Um, and, and we, we were prepared. So yeah, good, good, good point. Uh, and that was, that was really difficult. I mean, it was still hard. Don't get me wrong. We were upset. We had a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of disruption for our kids. They couldn't sleep at night cause they weren't at home. Um, so we went, we, we went on a lot of, or lack of sleep rather. Um, but uh, Starbucks is close by for me, fortunately. So, and, was, and for honest.
0: people that, that, and for people that might be like, yeah, that sounds bad. There, there's a part two to that if I may, because if I'm not mistaken, after you had everything remodeled and you had a new refrigerator installed, wasn't there also some kind of disconnect with that? And then you had a second,
1: but we had two, we had another leak. Yeah. A month later. So, uh, so two months later, the whole house is done. We're back in the house. And then about a month after that, the fridge leaks, there's a new leak in our house and it wasn't nearly as bad predominantly because we have tile now Um, (laughs) lesson learned. You put tile in your kitchen. But, uh, but yes, so we had, we had two leaks and, and again, I wasn't mentally prepared for the second one, but, um,
0: but
2: we made it through. You didn't handle that one as well. As <laughs> that
0: that, one, one. That, yeah. required, that second one required some resilience if I remember correctly, yeah. but, yeah. you know, I, I think that, that, that is a good sort of parable in it general, is. just in general, you know, it's so funny. It's a flood too, right? We get biblical now. Right. But, but, it, you know, it's interesting how, when these things happen in our lives, they're going to test our preparation when you get sick it's going to test your preparation when you lose a job when you have a child have a problem at school when you have when you lose a family member when you have some disaster whatever you would rate that disaster and listen if there's one thing that i've learned about being especially on social media anything that you say even if it's well meaning people can take it, it 50,000 different directions, right? You think that's bad, what about this? Oh, you have it good compared to so-and-so. Yeah. It can always be worse,
1: was, of course, but that always. doesn't that doesn't but make what we're going through not no. hard either.
0: No, I mean, there's somebody who's scraping by right now who's thinking must be nice that you have tile in your kitchen, you know? And I mean, there's all sorts of things, but whether your disaster is on a scale of one to 10, a one or a 10, it's going to test your preparation. And when you go through something that's really difficult, it helps you to kind of appreciate where you are. And if anything, if you're wise, you know, there's that, you know, and I, and I hope I don't use the term wrong, but you know, we always hear about PTSD post-traumatic stress disorder, where you have a major event happen or some disaster happen or something horrific happened to you. And I also have learned about, and this is something that's an interesting conversation from a psychologist friend of mine, I think it's called post-traumatic growth, where you have these traumatic events happen in your life. and, And I know I've had them happen to me, things that you would consider majorly traumatic. And most people actually grow from it. Most people are actually able to take these very difficult situations, bad stuff. I mean, people that have come out of war zones, I mean, horrible. And been able to take that and and get stronger from it and build from it and it it has a lot to do with your just your makeup as a person, but I think like having your house flood or losing money or all these things it's it's going to test how prepared you are and I think if anything, you probably double down on using that example for your clients and say, "Hey, listen, this is what I went through, so you definitely want to make sure you're checking your insurance if you're a homeowner or if you're a renter, having renter's insurance Correct. for that matter, because you need that too. Um, you know, making sure that you have an emergency fund. I just wanna can I sidebar about something a little bit? It's still in our, our conversation. For people where yes their okay. their their finances are maybe a little bit more of a struggle. They're not in the in in the topper the the top or the higher level of financial security or or, or income. It, it, what do you recommend just just because i know there's always that person or people that are going to be listening saying man you know like i've got you know hardly anything left over at the end of the month and how am i supposed to make an emergency fund what would be just real quick a recommendation for somebody who is kind of a little tighter with money uh, as it relates to having that i think you called it financial runway or that 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 kind of emergency fund what do you recommend for somebody like that because i think that could be useful to some people
2: I think, first of all, we've all been there. So we're not, talk, you know, as, as financial advisors, Rich, as, as, uh, as a public speaker and, and uh, as, a, as a registered nurse, I mean, thankfully, we're all successful in what we do. But there was a time that the three of us were not. Um, I know, Rich, you have a very strong story about your upbringing and times that were really tough. Um, mine, uh, you know, again, had, had zero income at one point in my life and, and really had to work hard. And John, I know was, was the same. And so we've all been there. Um, there's times where you're just scraping to get by. And I think in those situations, if you don't have a ton of income coming in, you probably don't have a ton of expenses. It might be a a one-to-one where what comes in exactly goes out, but it really does. It really does just come back down to making sure that you're focusing on are the expenses that you have, are they necessary for getting by in life? And if you can cut some things out and build it very slowly, it takes time. And then the hope is once you become successful, once you get into those peak earning years, if you were a little bit behind, those are the times to really double down. When you're making money at some point down the road, you need to pretend like you don't. You got to live like you did when you were making nothing and you got to make up for lost ground. So yes, I talked to multiple people who say, Matt, I, I, there's literally not a dollar left over. And I said, okay, that's fine. Let's stop living for tomorrow and let's live a little bit for today. So maybe that means not funding a retirement account very contradictory to what most people would say let's stop putting money aside for tomorrow let's just focus on today and let's try to build a savings account let's try doing some of those things and let's stop worrying about uh you know something that we can't control w- way down the road so i think that's that's probably one of the largest piece of advice i i, I give to well to i
1: think the from. three to six months of of expenses you know which is sort of the runway or you know the the commonly accepted knowledge of how much someone should have in an emergency bucket and it's relative to their situation but again it's relative to their situation 3 to 6 months of their expenses it's not 3 to 6 months of someone else's expenses and that can be hard to work towards but to Matt's point we have you know we all have to make choices like no one's going to look out for you but you and so if making those choices means sacrificing <clears throat> at that in that moment the retirement plan in order to be able to fund an account so you've got that emergency bucket I think that's that's really important. I saw a meme that was kind of funny that just made me think of this. And I'm not saying everyone's this way, um, but here all the time, like someone says, like, "Oh I man, I just can't seem to get ahead." And a person that says they can't get ahead has like a brand new iPhone 12 with AirPods in, an Apple Watch on, and they're holding an iPad. And it's like they've got like you know with a Starbucks, they've got coffee. like you know I don't know five thousand dollars of Apple products that they're holding on their body. And well, you know,
2: I mean, we all make choices, right? And yeah, uh, good. Also in this economy, you know, this this economy that we're in right now, having a side gig, a side hustle, it's not ideal. No one wants to work all day and then work all night. That's not that's not something that's sustainable for a long period of time, but you know, from where it seems we are right now, and I don't want to make a generalization statement, but you know, finding side hustles right now, especially in our gig economy. You're really good at graphic design, you're really good at creating websites, you're really good at marketing, you're really good at these types of things. There's a there's a you know, especially online, there's a there's a way to make to monetize some of those types of things, and maybe it takes burning the candle at both ends for a small period of time, not not for a long period of time, but burning that candle at both ends, and all of that extra side gig money does go into building up that savings account. If there's a will, there's a way. It's how bad yeah. do you want it? How bad do you not want to feel like you're always behind? And if you feel bad enough about it. <laughs> Um you know there's there's there are ways to do it I know again it's easy to sit in our seats right now and say that but we've all been there No 100% I
0: mean I I I look back at my my past and it wasn't until well into the mid 90s that I only had one job I mean it, it took until then I never had less than two jobs pretty much my entire life until I became a registered nurse and even when I was a registered nurse um I then also was still working another job until that sort of catch up. And then when I was a registered nurse, I did overtime and then I became a flight nurse. So I did that on the weekends and on my days off. And, you know, it wasn't until probably my early thirties that I sort of, oh, I have one job now, you know, so I, I get that idea of a side hustle. Thank you guys for sidebarring on that. Just because I know that for a lot of people, just like resilience can kind of make people feel like, oh. You know, I think sometimes when people here like, have an emergency fund, their, their response is, but my whole life is an emergency. <laughs> like I literally, that's my life is an emergency financially. And so I think it's great advice just to be able to sit there and, and have people kind of just be, you know, I had a mentor say to me, relate and don't compare. And I, I've started to put that in some of my TikToks because I mean, oh my gosh, like you could do a, a social media post about, you know, taking care of yourself. And 99% of the people are like, thank you so much. And then there's a 1% easy for you to say because you're, and then they find the exception or the negative or the problem. So thank you guys for sidebarring that let's switch gears with resilience and talk about the concept of preventing within relationships. We all happen to be married and um, we all happen to have, I think good marriages and we're, we're the three of us are also parents. Um, talk to me a little bit about what you guys have either learned, wish you learned or are presently doing in your relationships. And I'll do the same. And if, if, if I'm, if you're got a deer in the headlights moment, I'll jump out first, but talk to me a little bit about what you do to be resilient in your relationships with your significant other and, or your kids.
1: Well, I might, I might sidetrack this conversation too. So I apologize in advance, but to your question, I look, I look to Matt, um, with, with a great deal of, re- of respect. And I, I, I try to try to emulate there's things about Matt that I try to emulate. You know, he's, he's I've said before on the show, he's my mentor. And, uh, just a moment ago, he was talking about like side hustles and working hard and that type of thing. And, uh, and the, he said something very important, which was you do, you know, for, for a period of time where you're burning, you know, burning the candlestick at both ends, so to speak, because that's not sustainable. Forever to do that, and uh, you know, I when we were talking about resilience at the beginning of this, I was sort of thinking and parlaying this, like our entrepreneurial journey, being business owners, that type of thing. That's sort of what I was thinking about the most. Like when a when a major business catastrophic event happens, you know, an employee leaves, or or someone something happens, like how do you, how do you respond? I was thinking about business, but actually, um, you know, I've watched Matt be really good. We've worked so hard for so long and I've watched him be really good at creating intentional time away with his family, like taking, taking trips here and there. Um, none, none of, the, none, of these things that we're talking about, by the way, are like elaborate things. We're talking about just like creating separation between your work life and your personal life so that you can take time off, enjoy watching your kids grow up, enjoy being with your spouse, um, enjoy the things in life that, that, cause it's not all about work. And he, he's, been, he's been so good at that. And I think that parlaying that to being a business owner, like if all you're doing is burning it at both ends all day long, working way too many hours that are you know an unhealthy amount of hours for your mental health, um, you are not going to be resilient. You are not going to be mentally prepared to deal with an actual emergency when an actual emergency occurs at work. Um, whereas being refreshed and taking that time off um, and having that that space to to recharge the batteries, so to speak, um, I think it's it it makes your decision making uh, a much higher probability of success for decision making down the line when you're dealing with something that's actually a catastrophic event.
2: Oh, I appreciate you saying that. That's nice to hear. But honestly, and again, since we're going to throw. Um you know we're gonna we're gonna throw compliments around i couldn't unplug i couldn't do it without having a partner who says like yeah i got it covered don't worry about it you know i've never in my 20 years of doing this job except for the last handful of years have been able to truly unplug because i know that someone's there like watching watching the ship and making sure it's going the right direction so i think if if anyone's listening to this go, listen, go back and listen to our our partnership uh uh podcast and uh, you need to really kind of hear that this is very much a give and take type situation. But I appreciate that. And it's, it is all for mental health. I, I cannot check an email after 6 p.m. at night. That's a work email. I will not check a weekend email on vacation. I remove the email app from my phone. I just can't do it because I can't. And honestly, I catch a lot of heat sometimes because I don't love reading business books. Right. And I, I if you listen to our last podcast or, or one of our previous ones with our, with our business coach, he's read 150 business books. I have a hard time doing that because my brain, I got to turn it off. I got to, I got to go geek out with, with the rich B and talk about Harry Potter or do something that's not business E related, because if not, the gears just don't stop turning. It just, and I got to find ways to unplug. Uh, So I appreciate that, John, but again, couldn't do without, without you. Um, But that does,
1: that does, you know, speak to the family element, you know, the relationship element that I think Rich was kind of getting to is like. You know, taking mm-hmm. that time to be with your family—that's so important because you could invest all this time into your work, which would be great for a lot of other reasons. But you're not going to be mentally sharp when a crisis happens, and then what ends up happening is you're not you're not spending enough time with your family, and that can create issues too. So yeah. I think you do a good job at creating intentional time to be with family, which is which is
2: I, I try. It's it's not easy to do with our crazy, but I also look to you both actually um, because something that you both do that my wife and I. Have really tried to pick up on is you both do an amazing job with your date nights, and and for years, Lauren and I just never and we have a we have a my mother's here in town and she's so great with our boys and um, is able to watch them, but for the longest time we didn't take advantage of it. And Lauren and I did have these conversations like, "Wow, John and John and Jackie are on another date night, or Rich and Don are are out doing something," and we were not taking advantage of that. And I got to tell you this last year we have been very in touch with it. In fact, I sat with, I sat to, to map out the entire year's worth of weekend dates with my wife. And some of those dates are not, I mean, actually the last gosh, five or six have not been elaborate. It's been send the kids to my mom's house and be in a quiet home and watch a movie and eat popcorn and laugh and listen to music. And we, we haven't gone anywhere. I think in the last three date nights, but we got that from you both because you guys are so good. Um, and again, this might be driven by the, the the wives, but you, but, but from your relationships, we, my, my wife and I looked at both of yours and said, wow, they're always on date. I could see John's calendar. So I know when he's on a date night and it was like popping up all the time. And, and, you know, Rich's wife is texting my wife like, Hey, let's go on a date night. And we're like, wow, we've not done this in so long. And, uh, really has helped our relationship what? out knowing that there's dedicated time that no distractions and. We don't even have to go anywhere if we don't well, want to. Well, you know I, I you married a partner that... that
1: mutually respects you when one of your date nights is for your nine-year wedding anniversary, and you watch a Braves playoff game for the entire <laughs> – She knows
2: she got. She... <laughs> <laughs> She know what she had when she married you. So well, yes. I was going to say, that's I think right. she I, is a trooper. I
0: think after Matt saw our grocery budget and realized his was so low, he realized he had a lot more money for date nights. So no, I, I think you know, and I, I appreciate the shout out because I was starting to feel a little left out because you guys were saying such nice things about each other, and I was just kind of sitting here nodding my head. But that, that's okay. Um, no, just kidding. I, I think that resilience in a relationship is super important. I I, I think that when you end up in marriage counseling, like many people require, and it's a beautiful thing and it's a helpful thing. A lot of times you sit there and you realize there were things that you were neglecting, whether those things were compliments or support or listening or intimacy or whatever. And I think with with time and with wisdom, you can look at a relationship and realize what your partner needs. And sometimes that is a compliment. Sometimes that is chores. Sometimes that is taking something off of their hands. Sometimes that is a date night. Sometimes that is a gift, Some whatever. And I think there is that emotional bank account. So you guys are very good at managing actual bank accounts, but there's also an emotional bank account. And you know, just like people are rated by their IQ, there's also an EQ. And just like employers want to hire an intelligent person, they also want to hire a person who has an emotional connection to people. And I think in relationships with our spouses, significant others, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever, that I think that you have to look at them as, as things that take care of you and nurture you and nourish you. And that if you don't do things, if you plant a flower garden and don't water it and block it from sun and don't allow it to be in healthy soil, it's not going to do well no matter how great the seeds are that you plant. And I think relationships are very much the same way. Um, you know, one of the things that I find as far as like resilience is asking questions. And I think I've, I've heard this from, you know, Anthony Robbins. I've heard this from Tim Ferriss. I've heard this from, gosh, every other podcast i listen to. The better the questions, the, the better the life, the better that, you know, the better you do if you ask good questions. And a very simple way to have resilience in relationship Is to sit down with your significant other and say, what do you need more from me? What can I do to make your life easier? How can I, how can I be better? What, what?" and and you have to listen without defensiveness because it's very easy to ask that question and you're already like loaded up, you know, because as soon as the person says, I wish you'd do more chores. Well, I did yesterday. I did the lawn and I just like bite your tongue and just, and I've done this in my own marriage and I've said to my wife, like, what do I need to do better? what what do you need more of from me and she told me and there was like two out of the 20 things that she said i was kind of like i'd do that but i was like okay well let me do that and i just stepped it up in those areas never pointed it out and after a little bit of time she just one day grabbed me in the kitchen and grabbed my face and gave me a kiss and said i just want to thank you so much because i've seen the effort you're putting into this this and this and it means a lot to me and i got to tell you that i probably prevented some drama down the road because of that resilience. So that's something that I, that's something that I've learned about relationships. What about for those that, that are listening to this that have children? Um, do you guys find that you use some resilience with your kids? Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, we, yeah, of course. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> uh, well, we've talked about this on the show a long time ago and my wife and I still do this periodically, but she works as well. We both come home. Kids are, rambunctious all over the place and we'll look at each other and kind of express the percentage of output that we can give into that evening you know so she's had a really bad day really stressed at work lots going on quarter end whatever and she's like man i got 10 percent." you know so ideally like we're both giving 50 50 you know to equal 100 i think i got this concept from brene brown if i'm not mistaken brene yep and uh, you know the concept is you know 50 50 equals 100 And, you know, we go, I got, I got 10%. Like, I don't have a lot to give. Like, I can be the support role tonight, but I need you to take the lead. Um, Or just, you know, I'm zero. I got nothing left in the tank. And we do that for each other where she did this for me. You know, I was sick a few weeks ago and she's like, hey, just go in the bedroom, shut the door, like, come say goodnight to the kids if you want. Participate however you want to tonight. But I think you just need to like, like take a shower and lay in bed. And be off tonight with the kids, which that like that you can't know how appreciated that is. I mean, well, you, you can. Like, that feels so good to hear that. And when when you do that enough for one another, it feels good to give that back too, um, because you're not resentful towards each other. You're not like, ah, this is a third night in a row that you've you know you haven't been helping out. Uh, just communicating is really helpful. And 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 it's hard with kids, especially during the week. You know, there's so many karate, soccer. Like there's so many things that kids have to, you know, schedules and you guys know with with your kids and the schedules they have got to be on the same page. So that's
0: one thing. You know, it's interesting because the number one cause of in healthcare, there's a thing called sentinel events. So sentinel events you hear about in the news, somebody dies in surgery that wasn't supposed to die. Something was left inside somebody in surgery, Um, you know, a, a drug overdose. The number one cause of sentinel events is poor communication. And I feel strongly that probably the number one cause of marital or relationship discord is poor communication. And I think asking these questions and being proactive, resilient in talking to your significant other and like what you guys do by doing the Brene Brown thing and saying, how much do you have? I think is such a key. And I will say from a from a, as a parent, knowing both of you, like we were all at a, at your house at a, at a pumpkin party this weekend. And, you know, Don and I actually were talking about both of you guys and Lauren and, and Jackie, and we pointed, we just said to each other, they're really good parents. Like I watched Matt, like one of your boys was acting up and doing this, like how you just kind of deal with it. And I watched John and you, you're, you're both, both you and your wives are really amazing balances of being loving and supportive and fun but also being real and also making sure that you're raising decent human beings that are respectful and and I I just I see that in you both and I'm older than you and so I look at that and I'm like wow that's that's really makes me feel good to look at the kind of kids that you're both raising and listening to how you treat each other's spouses and you treat your kids and all those kinds of things um, I find that for me, having you know, I have a 23 year old, and and so we have a different relationship because he's an adult, you know, and it's awesome. And my 12 and my seven year old is I try to um, be resilient in the fact that when I talk to them, I don't just say to them, "How was school today?" Which is like I've learned to be one of the worst questions a parent can ask their school age child. I instead say a combination of either. What was the best thing that happened to you today? Give me an example of how you were kind to someone today, or what are you most grateful about this day that you just had at school? And I find when I do that, it focuses their thoughts on being kind, on being helpful, and on being grateful. And my hope for that is that I'm raising kids that will invest their resilience in 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 doing good things and in, in making a difference. And I've learned as a parent, especially with my older son, when he was younger and he was going through some bullying, and I experienced that pretty intensely when I was a little kid, that asking him how was your day usually didn't get me a great answer. Instead asking him what are you most happy about or you know, what went great today or tell me something positive, I found that it 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 prepared his mind to look for those things that's something that I've learned as a parent has been very important to me. And I feel, and maybe I'm managing myself up, but I kind of feel like I'm raising kids that are nice people and that are good to others. So that's something that for me has been has been key.
2: Well, I can attest. Yeah. Your your three kids are are awesome. Um, I've had more experience with their two younger ones and they're just great kids. And our kids enjoy getting to know each other and to, and to hang out and play. So you've, you're doing an amazing job, so keep doing whatever you're doing. For, for myself, um, I, I, I kind of thought of, of something was I've learned a lot from my failures in life. Right, those stick out to me. If you ask me like what impact your life, I could tell you the things that I failed at that impacted me. And so I kind of thought that way for my kids. And there was a recent thing that occurred. My boy, my, my oldest does karate and he was not practicing. And it was time for him to do one of these, you know, tests that all the kids do. And he did uh, just a half a job of, of that test. And it was one of the younger senseis who was kind of testing him. He kind of like looked over at me and I shook my head. No, as in like, no, fa- fail him. Failure is an option as long as you learn from it. And we operate our business that way as well, John and myself. Failure is an option as long as you learn a lesson from it. Um, and as long as it, it's not a big failure, it's going to be a small failure. But my point for this one was it was a small failure that my son had. And you know what he did? He went back home and he practiced his heart out. And he 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 worked at that. That was a good failure. And so what I want to give to my boys is, is is having good failures in their lives, small little failures that that trigger change, versus just letting them have a pass. Imagine if that sensei just gave him the nod and was like, okay, you didn't do the greatest of job, but we're gonna push you along anyway. I I would have I would have felt like he probably would have been happy. My son probably would have been happy. He's eight years old, he doesn't know any different. I would have known that. Wow, that was that was just too easy. I wanted to see him say no. I wanted to see all of his friends get that next, uh, you know, rung on the on the belt, and him not get it, and see how that feels. That's a crappy feeling, right? So, what are we going to do to fix that? We're going to practice our heart out. So, for my kids, I, I let them know that failure is an option as long as we learn something from it. Um, and and so for for me, it's and the, we all know these kids did not come with manuals, so we're all just learning here. We're trying to raise good human beings. Um, But for for me, I try to take some of the lessons that we talk about here and apply them um, to to my kiddos. I
0: I think that's nature. That is how we are made. A muscle does not get stronger unless it is broken down. The muscle fibers have to be torn up so that they can come together bigger and better. And then that creates muscle hypertrophy. And that's how you build a bigger bicep or a bigger muscle. And I think that is something that is of humans, that our failures, our struggles, Um, if we're wise, they make us stronger. So hopefully listening to this, you've gotten a little bit of an idea of of the idea of resilience, you know. I, I referenced Smokey the Bear, but you know he says only you can prevent forest fires. And if you think about it, only you can prevent the forest fires in your life. Only you can prevent some of the things. There's things you can't predict. There's floods in your house, and you know people doing mean things to you, and people cutting you off in traffic, and running red lights. No, you can't prevent that, but you can take some steps in your life. To try to do that risk management and take care of yourself. I wanted to just give one more shout out and say the 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 idea that I got or the time that I heard of resilience was from Dr. Amishi Jaw. Her book is called Peak Mind: um, Find Your Focus, Own Your Attention, Invest 12 Minutes a Day. And I love it. The concept that she shares. She's a professor at University of Miami, so uh, I I really enjoyed the podcast that I heard with her. I really just want to thank John and Matt. Uh, for, for you know, always bringing just some great knowledge about how we can take better care of our money and also how we can make a difference in our lives. And I want to thank all of you for checking out our podcast here Above Board with Canterpath. Please share this podcast with people that you think might get some value out of it. And we want to thank you guys. We just hit a milestone on our podcast. 21,500 downloads as of today, as we're recording this, that is huge for this little podcast of ours. So we want to say thank you to y'all you for being here. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. See what you can do to be resilient today. We wish you well on behalf of John, Matt, and me, Rich. Peace out. Have an amazing day.